stopping violence, explosive bloodshed, undead flesh eaters and dismembered ghouls. That's right. I'm talking about all the shit we love in film and all the finer things in this goddamn life. Well, one man is responsible for all this. And that man is George A. Romero! That's right! George A. Romero. As far as I'm concerned, that A stands for A f***ing genius! Here's why I'm here tonight. To stand up for one of the coolest, the craziest, the scariest, and America's greatest regional movie makers of all time. I owe this man a huge debt, and so does every filmmaker who ever dared to declare their own independence. Because George Romero did it first, and he did it with more guts and more gore than anybody. It all began with his first feature film. A little movie that I remember being called Night of the Living Dead. Back in 1968, in just an hour and a half, George declared the summer of love to be officially over. Like some of you, I was raised on George Romero's movies, Dawn of the Dead, Martin, Creepshow, and so many others. But make no mistake, George A. Romero is not an evil mastermind, but a movie mastermind who has long understood the good, the bad, and the ugly of evil. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. They're coming for you, Barbara. I'm gonna tear you open and chew out your... You can't get people to do what you want them to do.
Thank you, Quentin. Quentin's been so good to me over the years. He's great. <laughs> this guy, I don't know, he's playing the creep show music. Actually, the composer is here somewhere, John Harrison. He composed that creep show thing. And uh, John was one of the guys that started with me in Pittsburgh. Actually, oddly, we all, everybody, every working professional that came from Pittsburgh started with Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> was my first gig. But uh, I'm still on my feet, and I'm still making movies, and I, I, <laughs> Thank you. There's another one coming soon. It's called Survival of the Dead. <laughs> I just want to thank everybody again. It's great to be here, and uh, thanks particularly to the fans. I mean, I, I love you guys. Thank you. Here and now we're 
Welcome to this uh, very special, um, unfortunate episode mm-hmm. of We Belong Dead. I am. It's going to sound silly, but I am going to honestly try not to get weepy during this episode. <laughs> I, I kind of halfway been putting it off because yeah. of that. Um, let, let a little time pass, you know. Let it, <laughs> yeah, it didn't let seem, settle a little bit. It doesn't seem to have helped. Yeah. <laughs> That uh, that first clip you heard, I thought was cool um, as a lead-in with um, Quentin Tarantino um, paying his credit to uh, to George at the uh, I think that was at the Scream Awards a few years ago. Yeah, where George got the Mastermind Award, and then that was followed by a band called No More Kings uh, with their "Coming to Get You, Barbara." Those guys are cool. And sadly, aptly titled, it seems like all of my kings are fucking dying <laughs> lately. Um, yeah. Uh, just quickly, I want to mention off the top that uh, we didn't plan to have two bummer episodes in a row, but um, especially for those of you who are fans of the late, great Toby Hooper, um, we're going to take a little hiatus after this episode so um, Ian can get married and... Uh, We'll be back with the Toby Hooper tribute, but this is the um, the Romero legacy episode. Uh, sadly, we lost the maverick horror filmmaker yeah. of all time, in my opinion. You know, yeah. Um, I find it oddly sweet to hear reports that. Um, when he passed away, he was surrounded by his family mm-hmm. and uh, listening to what was his favorite soundtrack, which was um, the score from The Quiet Man. Okay. Uh, John Wayne movie, which I find interesting because I've always com- kind of compared Survival of the Dead uh, to A Quiet Man type of like John Ford style <laughs> right. Western. And um, I just, there's something kind of funny and reassuring yeah the of the the visual of it was probably on vinyl i would assume oh, yeah probably so <laughs> yeah and uh yeah i mean it, it, it it's i mean what can you say well how when were you first introduced to george a romero uh i was pretty young um it was night of the living dead mm-hmm. um and I believe, like a lot of movies, the the way I discovered them was uh, early afternoon on a Saturday after the cartoons had, go- had gone off. Right. Um, it was like Fox would play, you know, old, random, seemingly randomly chosen movies. Yeah. And I, I believe that's how I, how I saw uh, Night and was just blown away. Like, I just... 
like because I remember being a kid and be like, oh, it's a black and white movie. This is gonna suck, you know, because <laughs> I was a dumb like eight year old, <laughs> right? you know. And uh, and like from the graveyard scene, like from the jump, I was I was invested. <laughs> I was like I was all in. Um, and uh, you know, he was a legend for a reason. I mean, when you start out the gate that strong and continue to be that good and 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 grow the way he did it's uh it's it's a one in a million kind of kind of thing yeah uh for me I, I believe night was the first as well um i often talk about how a lot of my first exposure to horror movies was uh sleepovers yeah in like uh elementary school and this was no different. Um, my best friend from uh, first grade, uh, Drew Stennett, okay. <clears throat> who lived in my neighborhood. I, I think he listens to the show. We're still friends. Yeah. Um, his dad was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like countercultury dad. Yeah. Um, um, who had like, uh, you know, Abby Hoffman books and. Nice. Listen to Jimmy Buffett un- unironically and shit like that, you know. And uh, like, well, you got to really listen to what Jimmy's saying on this track. And he was right. Um, uh, but yeah, that was. Um, I was. I want to say first grade, maybe yeah. second grade, like super young. And I thought the same thing, like black and white. Why are we fucking watching? Well, as a kid, I don't know. If I thought, why are we fucking watching this? But. Uh, I probably did. Probably. Um, <clears throat> and then I distinctly remember the moment Bill Heinzman shambles onto screen as that first undead. Yeah. I was like, went from this fucking sucks to wait a second. Yeah. I don't think I want to watch this. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> too too much, man. <laughs> yeah. And it was from 68, and it felt like it was from even earlier Yeah, at that age. Yeah. Um, and there was, like, uh, there was um, naked zombie girl butt. Yeah. Yeah, there was. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and they're ripping apart, like, livers and shit. And it was just like, and then the, 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 the head at the top of the stairs that's revealed. Yeah. Like, all eaten up. That's, Yeah. Uh, of course, I didn't know for years after that that it was George Romero or right. anything like and that. And what but, that like meant. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, something I just hadn't thought about till just now. Mm-hmm. I can't really think of any horror movies or anything from that era that does <clears throat> a monster reveal so quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like usually there's like a buildup and all that. Yeah. That, like, what, That's true. What? Five ten minutes in, yeah, you get your first after that long zombie. windy yeah uh, <laughs> intro, yeah, yeah. I also remember the um, and I still retain this every time I watch Night of the Living Dead. Um, that chilling moment when Johnny's hand comes into frame, yeah, and hits the door frame, and they do the reveal of Johnny is now, yeah, <sighs> so fucking powerful. So good. Um, I think it was also the one, pro- probably the first movie where the 
the first movie that I had ever seen where the protagon- all the protagonists are dead. Yeah. Like, everyone just fucking yeah. dies. <laughs> and also, the, the one of the first films, or probably the first film that I remember ever seeing, that quote-unquote, the heroes are not. No. They're fucking hillbillies. Yeah. That are just out to kill anything. Yeah. That's Sheriff, man. Um, unfortunately, I can't remember that actor's name. He was he was great. We, <laughs> we met him a couple times, or once or twice at uh, conventions. Yeah. Uh, and they're dead, man. They're they're all messed up. <laughs> He's fucking great. <clears throat> okay, that's another one for the fire. <laughs> yeah, he was great. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what this episode is going to be. I um, yeah. When planning it, I was like, it should probably be kind of regimented, right? Being that it's like a legacy tribute episode, and it's such a big subject. But now that we're into it, I kind of feel like I just let's just go wherever it goes, man. I don't care. We yeah. can skip around and we can go back if we want to listen to a trailer. If we want to later on, I've got um, very good friend Ben Smith, um, brother to me, um, the guy that I first started uh, podcasting with over on Dispatches from the Weird, and uh, one half of the uh, mastermind behind uh, Church of the Holy Weirdo. Yeah videos and um head honcho of uh airport road productions um i grabbed him at work and, and recorded some of his thoughts on george so that'll be cool we'll yeah toss that later he brought up something also that um affected me a great deal even when i was younger the bizarre shots like the weird dutch angle shots yeah and like low level um for a first film to yeah. like <laughs> Some ballsy, uh, some ballsy yeah. choices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, almost every film of of George's, like we could dissect and talk about for hours. Yeah. Um, but I'm of the mind that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know a lot of the <laughs> backstories and things like that. If you don't, there's some great stuff like Birth of the Living Dead, which is a, a documentary Larry Fessenden put together that's all about Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Uh, Michael Felsher has a wonderful documentary called One More for the Fire that was on the last anniversary, uh, the uh, last official anniversary blue uh, DVD edition Yeah, that I highly recommend. Um, and it'll tell you, like, the whole fucking story, and it's amazing <laughs> and how they were, they had, you know, their, their reels of the film in the trunk of the car and are traveling, I think, to New York. And uh, in that moment, they... Uh, Son of a bitch. In that moment, they hear the um, news broadcast break in on the radio that Martin Luther King Jr. had been assassinated. Oh, right. And they have this film in their car that they're now going to try to sell, <laughs> where not only is the the real hero a black man in 1968, right, but he also gets murdered in cold <laughs> blood at the end by a bunch of fucking rednecks. Right. Pretty heavy, heady shit, man. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever thought of it like that. That's, uh, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I always loved that whenever George was asked about it, he would defer to what I think would, is the truth, because I would think any other like grandiose filmmaker would say, oh, yes, of course, we saw the climate and wanted right. to make our statement. But <laughs> George always maintained that Dwayne was the best actor <laughs> that they knew. 
that's why he was Ben. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't because he was a black guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's ever been a director that has so overtly mirrored um, the era's political and social outlooks and views yeah. as boldly as George did, especially with the dead films. Right. Night may have been an accident, but it may have spurred yeah. him to think, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, but I do think it's kind of nice that, I mean, that element is definitely a big part of it, but you could watch it and not focus on that at all and still be like, this is still a great Absolutely. fucking movie. Yeah, and you like, can do that with so all of his fun. movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then if you want to watch right. it with geopolitical eyes right. and see about, you know, how Dawn is about consumerism and commercialism right. taking over and uh, like, like you're not going to watch the paranoia of day and all that stuff. You know? Right. Yeah. You're, <clears throat> you're not going to watch a Romero film and be like, man, that's fucking ham fisted, man. Like, that was just like <laughs> right. cramming it down my throat. That's true. Um, so yeah, night, night of living dead, man is, um, like out of the gate to have something that epic and that, important yeah as as where you start from this is the thing that irritates me too about these guys not just george romero but we've talked about it a lot like uh, toby hooper and john carpenter and yeah um even um um joe dante and guys mm -hmm. like that people that come out of the gate like proving how incredible they are with limited resources yeah Yet, they are not. They're not no, like they're now straight to DVD. Right. When and, they make something new, and, when when they right. are able to scrape up the fucking funds, as, don't get it. As I was gonna say, like it, it's fucking pulling teeth just to get them work. Yeah, and it fucking shouldn't be. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I don't know if it's ageism in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, Fucking Eli Roth's got his name posted on every fucking thing that comes out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that alone. Um, then in 71 and 72, he gave us uh, There's Always Vanilla and Season of the Witch, uh, which are part of a, well, not a trilogy, but a trio of films that Arrow Video is putting out hmm. um, in October, um, which I'm pretty excited about. I have both of them on DVD, and I've watched them. Yeah. But I do not remember much at yeah. all about them. The main reason uh, that I that I've kept that that DVD is that uh, there's a great documentary <laughs> about yeah. George on it. Um, so I think it was. Uh, I mean, I know it was a departure from the zombie, sure, you know, subgenre. But I can't quite exactly remember what they were about. But then in '73, he brought the crazies and. Uh, that movie disturbed me. Yeah. I think it's the, it's the closest George ever came to that Texas Chainsaw um like two real Last House on the Left. Yeah. docu feel yeah. of like and, and like in a really bad way. You know? <laughs> right, right. Um I I think it's a great a great movie. Um Lynn Lowry is in it. There's like really uh upsetting like um um thanks Robbie. <laughs> really upsetting uh um 
<laughs> Why can I not think of the word where you fuck your relatives? Incest. Incest. A lot yeah. of overt incest going on. Um, these uh, people are essentially uh, becoming rabid and going insane. Yeah. And no one knows what's going on. The government comes in and quarantines off like a whole city. And we follow, uh, you know, a group of current survivors. Right. Throughout the ordeal. And it's um, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's just absolutely terrifying. They did a remake with Timothy Oliphant. It was fine. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. I will say I think the that Tom Savini's remake of Night of the Living Dead pretty damn good uh is great yeah i think uh yeah that's that's pretty amazing um I mean, have you seen tony the... todd is... <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's great yeah um have you seen the crazy the original it's been a long yeah. long time yeah it has a great um poster too yeah the tagline is uh why are the good people dying yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the first time I'd ever been freaked out by a guy in like a hazmat suit. Before, <laughs> yeah, you know? it's it's such a terrifying, uh, intimidating figure. Uh, in '78, he brought us Martin. This one I've never seen, but I've heard very like polarized uh, responses to it. Yeah, I need to revisit it. It's a movie that I tend to revisit every five years or so. Yeah. God damn it! What am I doing wrong? Don't answer that. Um, and it just ne- it never quite does it for me the way that yeah. I want it to. I don't know if it's something that's going to click eventually. Mm. It's around the time that I would go back and rewatch it, so I, I'm looking forward to doing that. I know a lot of people love it. Yeah, a lot of people put it up there with Night and Dawn. Really, that high? Yeah. Wow. Um, it's a quote unquote vampire film. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to revisiting it. Hopefully, it's one yeah. that um, that that I, that I finally get. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's not a bad film. It's just it's it's me. Right? <laughs> it's not George. It's me. Well, you know, when I, when I was, there's something that I'm not understanding. Right. When I was saying it was polarizing, it's just funny because I've never. I don't think I've ever talked to anybody about this movie. Who's been like, yeah, it's all right. Mm. It's either it's fucking great or I just, yeah, I'm not feeling it. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, then in 1981, he brought us Night Riders, which I <laughs> fucking love. So fucking insane. Um, my uh, theater teacher in high school, who I've mentioned before, Larry Hart, uh, turned me on to Night Riders. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. And uh, there's Ed Harris. There he is. <laughs> and there's Tom Savini. Uh, toured to Force by Tom Savini, I would yeah. say. He's really amazing in Night Riders. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, it is um, <laughs> the story of uh, the night of um, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table uh, told uh, in modern day 1970s on motorcycles. Yeah. Right. There's nothing else to say about that movie. How does that not sound great? And then you watch it, and it is. It's uh, that's a movie that I had no prior knowledge of before I like came across it at the uh, old uh, video game and movie store I used to work at, uh-huh. and I saw the cover, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" 
And I look at the back, I read the description, I see the names attached to them, like, fucking sold. (laughs) Yeah. And it was like five bucks, so I bought it and and I watched it. And it was goddamn ridiculous in the best possible way. It's uh, it's, it's a hell of a a movie. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Uh, I don't know how I skipped over Dawn of the Dead. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. Way to go, me. Uh, Night Riders was 1981. In 1978, of course, right. the fucking bomb was dropped right. on a horror cinema known as Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. And uh, that's the one with uh, Ving Rhames, right? <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> um, I, Look, that's not a bad movie. No, it's not. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Romero had a pen- penchant for being remade. Yeah, yeah. Some good, some bad. <laughs> well, I think it, it was, I mean, I, I have to imagine part of the idea behind remaking so much Romero stuff is like, this movie is great. I wonder how it would turn out if we had a budget. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 78 Dawn of the Dead, yeah. I uh, I actually can't remember the first time I saw Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. It just seems like it's always been there yeah. for me. Um, it introduced the world of horror to, or me, my world of horror anyway, to um, <laughs> library music, uh, like yeah. the gonk, and um, also to Goblin, uh, when you when you finally saw the Italian cut and you were like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, I don't know that I thank or blame it for that. Um, right. I certainly respect Goblin. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate that they exist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dawn's another one that has a very well-covered history um, yeah. of um, Mr. Argento coming in and, and, and all that whole aspect of it. And really interesting. Um, I don't know of any other, like, split that was done like this. Like, yeah. uh, in exchange for... You know, funding and helping. I hope I'm getting this right. Um, Dario retained the European rights mm. and recut and rescored the entire film. Right. <laughs> um, uh, a while back, I think Anchor Bay put out a really fantastic like four disc set of Dawn of the Dead that has like three cuts, I think, Holy shit. of the film, <laughs> and then a ton of documentary material. But yeah, I mean, Dawn is um, Dawn's cool. Dawn's that movie that you expect to hear people talk about when you bring up horror movies right. or um, uh, George Romero in particular. Uh, it's great. the The more time goes by, the more often I watch it, I find myself getting a little impatient with it. Yeah, at points. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got. Tom Savini showing off his skills uh, with like head explosions and yeah. shit like that, and then playing Blade, mm. um, <laughs> part of the motorcycle gang. Why wasn't that in the remake? First <laughs> yeah, <all>. really. <laughs> um, yeah, just amazing stuff. Um, again, it's, I almost feel like what, why are we talking? Everybody knows this, right? <laughs> um. Then, of course, we have Knight Riders. Then in 82, I'm, I'm kind of hitting the greatest hits. I'm, I'm not going over every single little okay. thing that George did. I mean, we could talk about 
his work on the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood <laughs> show, yeah. if you want. Uh, in 1982, he joined forces with Stephen King and brought us Creep Show. God damn, I love that movie so much. <laughs> so rewatchable, yeah. this Creep Show. And it never tires no. for me. Um, again, a uh, friend of the show, Michael Felscher, um, put together a fantastic documentary, feature-length documentary called Just Desserts. I still, I need to see that one. You really do. It's out on Blu-ray, and it's so worth it, and it's so loaded with features. And um, <laughs> A documentary about a movie is loaded with special features. Yes. Yeah. Um, a, there's a special feature to the special feature to the special feature. Right. The feature is a special feature. Right. A documentary. Exactly. Then there's a special feature of that. We're going to Inception this shit. That's a documentary about Tom Savini <laughs> from the 80s. Okay. And then a special feature to that special feature is a commentary track with Tom Savini. All right. Michael Felscher knows what the fuck he's doing yeah. is what I'm getting at. Yeah, apparently so. Um, <laughs> yeah, Creepshow. Do you have a favorite segment? Creepshow my dad introduced me to, by the way. He left me with it when he and his mom, his mom, he and my mom, his wife, what? Um, went out to party one night. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> when I was way too young. Oh, man, that, that's really tough because, like, the the one with King is just so goddamn fun. And you oh, feel so Jordy Verrill, you lunkhead. <laughs> you feel so bad for that man. That one is the one well no. That's one of one of the uh segments that scared me the most. Yeah. And then the one with uh Barbeau. Mm-hmm. That one I love just because I love the, the design of Fluffy. The Fluffy. Yeah. It's so just fucking gnarly. You can search my Facebook page if you want to find a picture of me with Fluffy. Uh, and Greg Nicotero. No shit. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm kind of important. Yeah. Um, and then it it can't be understated how how amazing this film is because it makes Leslie Nielsen a legit bad guy. That might be. My, I think that's my favorite segment. Yeah. Yeah. That is a really uh, sinister diabolical fucking segment like this is like naked gun <laughs> leslie nielsen mm-hmm. right like what the fuck <laughs> i can hold my breath for a very long oh so good and then the the closer with all the cockroaches yeah freaked me out when i was a kid yeah the uh the jordy verrill one freaked me out when i was a kid because as a kid you don't understand a lot of lines yeah. Like a lot of lines are blurred between fiction and reality. Right. Or sure. for me anyway. Right. And when he looks down at his hand and he has those white bumps. Yeah. For some reason that always stuck with me. Okay. And freaked me out. And whenever I would get like a blister or something, <laughs> I would I would convince myself as a child right. that I was going to turn into a plant creature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Terrifying. Um, I do remember the first time watching Creep Show. Like the first time I saw anything from Creep Show. Mm-hmm. Uh I had this friend who lived up the road for me that especially during the summer, like almost every weekend I'd crash at his house. Like, right. Um and this was like early early teens, preteen, like twelve, thirteen, fourteen. And uh 
the first time I saw anything from that movie, we would always, almost always fall asleep in the living room because there, there were that friend who had like all of the premium channels. Oh yeah. Know? Like, all, like all the, I think I was that friend for most people. Actually. Yeah. We had HBO and Cinemax nice. and all that. Yeah. And we would typically fall asleep in the living room watching TV and I'd fallen asleep watching. I don't remember what, but I woke up to the part in creep show where the college kid is getting his shit wrecked by Fluffy. <laughs> and it was goddamn terrifying. <laughs> yes. That's another movie we were talking about, Night of the Living Dead, and the unique shooting styles. Like, they used, like, yeah. electric purple God. go bows of, like, so frantic symbols behind them and shit. <laughs> yeah. It's so great. I would yeah. love to see that done more. I mean, it takes a certain kind of film, you right. know, but... Yeah, and then also the wraparound with the creeper in the window and mm-hmm. all that. You know, just so fucking wonderful. <laughs> it was such a gift to a monster kid. With a with a young uh, Joe Hill. Yeah. Yeah. With a young Joe Hill. In 1985, uh, George brought us what is probably my favorite of the zombie films. He introduced the world. <laughs> To Captain Rhodes. Yeah. With a wonderful film called Day of the Dead. This This is the movie that I judge people on. Yeah. Dawn is the one that's a given. Right. And then you find out how they feel about Day. Yeah. And then you base your judgment of their entire character. Yeah. On how they feel about this one film. I think I think Day has recently recently become my favorite of the three. Yeah. Um Screen Factory put out a wonderful release of it like a year or so ago. Because I remember, like, I think the first time I saw it, I didn't dig it as much as I should have. Really? And then, like, I didn't dislike it, but I was just, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't put my finger on it for some reason. It just didn't click with me. Yeah. And then, even with the with roads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And steel. Bang! Well, you're I, dead. I think. And Captain of, Frankenstein? Part of it, That's not good at all. <laughs> part of it was just that it was a little... Like, <sighs> Greg Nicotero's severed head with the mouth moving? Oh, yeah. Um, silly isn't the right word, but like, it seemed like a lot of the acting was more over the top. Mm-hmm. More um, caricature-y. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it definitely is far more than Dawn. Right. I, think the, I, th- I take Dawn as a much more serious film. Right. Even though the themes of day are incredibly serious, yeah, yeah, and absolutely, incredibly like uh, world ending, yeah, there is something that like everything in day is kicked up a notch, yeah, and it, yeah, I guess at first first viewing it could kind of be jarring, yeah, and then I rewatched. Joe Pilato is a bit over the top, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> um, but it works. I think I rewatched it when I was probably in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. And then, for whatever reason, it did. I was like, "This movie's fucking amazing!" Yeah. Like, and we—I think I brought this up when we recasted the film, like way early in the show. And I and I haven't found an answer for it, mostly because I've been too lazy to do any research. Um, but I think it may be the first zombie movie where the whole like, if you chop off the limb that was bitten. You may not get oh, infected, right? Although you will, although you most <laughs> likely will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that fucking guy, the Franklin of this movie. 
Like, although, unlike Franklin, <laughs> like you want Just him to die. And but once he does, you're like, God damn, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Before he was bitten, he was, I mean, he was a pacifist, but he was cool. Right. Not that I'm a warmonger or right. anything. Um, Gang- yeah, this was, Genghis Richie over here. This was our entrance, our introduction to uh, zombies learning. Yeah, as well and reverting and and remembering and right. uh, Doctor Frankenstein's uh, experiments and stuff. Yeah. Was, Bub is a big deal. Yeah. Um, all throughout, I love again on the on the Blu-ray and DVD of this. Um, there's a fantastic documentary where, uh, <laughs> among other things, George talks about how. You know, they're the classic horror fans who night is always going to be the only one for them. Sure. Then there's the run-of-the-mill, you know, gore fans and horror fans who Dawn of the Dead is the pinnacle. Right. And then they're the real trolls <laughs> who love Dawn of Day of the Dead. And I'm happy to count myself as, as a troll for that. But, yeah, um, yeah from, like, uh, Howard Sherman, who played Bob, I think... He chose the music that's playing mm. when they put the uh, Walkman on. Yeah. And it's like a Beethoven or Mozart. It's like some really wonderful, powerful piece of music. And then his reaction as Bub to hearing that music is yeah. just like a fucking school of acting. Yeah. Like <clears throat> so many lessons I think could be learned from Howard Sherman. Yeah. Uh, and not being able to use your voice. Yeah. But to fucking like. Emote. Yeah. Like amazingly. There at the end, where he's turning the corner and he salutes, and uh, just it's such a great <laughs> fucking movie. The Day of the Dead is like a fucking really wonderfully greasy stew. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> bad Jamaican accents aside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was there a bad Jamaican accent? Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe we should uh, take this moment to. Uh, Invite Ben in, okay, uh, to feed all of our listeners a mouthful of Greek salad, <laughs> as Captain Rhodes might say. Um, uh, earlier last week, I was able to sit down with a good friend of the show and and one of the innovators of how we podcast and uh, how we do short films. Um, ben, you all know him, you all love him, and I got him to go over some of his thoughts on the passing of George Romero. George was very important to Ben, mm. uh, not only as entertainment, but as a learning tool Yeah, uh, for a lot of short films that we did. I mean, we'll talk about it more later, but uh, Diary of the Dead is kind of the impetus of Church of the Holy Weirdo and yeah. where, why and where that kind of started. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, Ben had a lot of <laughs> wonderful things to say about George. So take it away, Ben. Well, there's a couple things uh, that I took from George Romero's directing style and, and maybe influenced uh, the short films that we've made. Um, zombies, for one. Just uh, when we started making movies, we were getting heavy into like the Romero trilogy at the time, and then Land of the Dead was coming out. Zombie cra- the, the first zombie craze was starting with like Resident Evil and uh, Land of the Dead and everything. So we would just watch you know, Night, Dawn, and Day constantly. You know, and just just the idea that you can like the the story behind part one was a bunch of kids putting together a move like a horror movie just to try something. You know, they were making commercials and shit before that, and then they just went on to try to make a horror movie, and it went on to be, in my opinion, the greatest horror movie of all time. 
so no, I think that besides just zombies in general and our use of pra- love of practical effects, like running tubes up people's shirts and like having blood shoot out when you shoot them, that's such a practical effect that you know they did so many of in Dawn of the Dead. End day. But uh, the other thing is, I like uh, Night of Living Dead did it the most. But there's a lot of scenes where the camera is tw- tilted at an angle, almost like Hitchcocky, like you know, like things are just a little, little bit like, ink. like you. You took it and you skewed it a little bit, especially when people are walking through the house, when Ben's walking through the house or Cooper's walking through the house. Like, the camera looks like it was knocked over slightly and as he walks past. I like trying to do that as well. Like, it just makes the scene look a little bit more interesting. Uh, I was eight. Uh, my dad rented it, thinking that, uh, oh, it's black and white and look, there's no blood. It's going to be funny. They're going to laugh at it because I just watched This Island Earth with my dad. Uh, so he was like, well, the next ob- obvious step is Night of Living Dead. It's cheesy. It is kind of cheesy when you look at it, but it's goddamn terrifying. It is the scariest, it is the scariest movie you can show an eight-year-old because just the, these dead people just coming in mass, there's nothing can stop it. I didn't sleep for weeks, weeks. Like I would go screaming to my mom in the middle of the night to come get in bed with me because I was scared that the zombies would come. Like, and it didn't matter if I shut the door to my bedroom because I knew they could get through. And then I would, if the door was shut, I wouldn't know that they were on the other side. So like I'd leave the door cracked, but then I'm like, oh, now they can just walk in. What if I'm asleep and they just walk in? And then from there, every time for like six months, any time I heard the word zombie in pop culture on TV in a Captain Crunch commercial, I was terrified. And done, and just like I started packing food in my jacket, that way, just in case a zombie outbreak happened, I would be a little bit safe. This is eight-year-old me watching Night of Living Dead, and now Night of Living Dead is my favorite movie or favorite horror movie, and I think it is the best horror movie of all time. Dawn's okay. Dawn's fun. Um, Dawn's great. Dawn was the big, I guess. Like, I guess Dawn is what put him on the map. Pretty yeah. much. It's like the marketable one. It's good. It's really good. It's slow upon re- repeat viewings. Um, I got really no problems against Dawn. Just less to say about it than I do Night of the Living Dead. Day's the second best movie that he's ever made. Day is perfect. You got Bub, so you, it's just, it turns zombies on its head. We're like, oh, now we have a an intelligent zombie who uses a gun and like is a friends with people. Like that whole thing, it just worked so well. Plus the crumbling military and the hopelessness and the sense of dread throughout the entire movie nothing there's no happiness in that entire movie except for the end when they land on the desert island and they're fishing until you realize they're all gonna die on that island i'm running this monkey farm frankenstein i'm like he was a fucking he was the best in that goddamn movie Rhodes is the best i wish captain Rhodes um got a prequel it didn't even have to have zombies in it. I just want to see a movie about him in boot camp all the way up to right when the zombie starts, stuff starts happening. That's what I want. God damn it. Land was fun. Land was good. It, uh, it was the first big budget zombie movie that I think I saw. I saw it in theaters, and that was... It wasn't as good as the other ones, but it, it, I don't hate it like everyone else. The zombies learning and adapting and being smart and big daddy. It's kind of cool. You know, it's just progression. Of movies, you got to keep doing something different. And each zombie movie that he's done has made things different. Diary was okay again. Diary of the Dead. He made a zombie movie about the current climate of social media and the world and internet and MySpace and Twitter. It was just the next logical step in the story storytelling. 
Creepshow's cute. It's fun. It's not scary. It's just good and cute. He was nice when I met him, which was cool. He had those giant goggles on, his little filmmaking vest, which he wears all the damn time. In his career, he changed a lot of shit with horror movies, and if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have, like, the biggest franchise of all time on television, Walking Dead. He will go down as a horror film, like a, like a horror film legend, a directing legend, just a creating pop culture legend. Because what would the world be like without George Romero? Running zombies make less sense than walking zombies and shambling zombies, because zombies in general doesn't make sense to me. Like, what's making it move if the heart's not beating, blood, science, all that, but whatever. Zombies shouldn't run because why are the fuck are zombie or dead things running? You take a dead pig and you hold its front legs and I hold its back legs, and then we just sit there all day moving them back and forth like this. How many hours before those legs just rip off? You know? So if a zombie is just walking and walking and walking, within a day or two he's going to walk his legs off just because there's nothing repairing the cells like in the damage from everything. I will accept running zombies if it's a comedy or if it's not uh, zombies and it's a plague. I always wondered what your draft of uh, the original Resident Evil script was like. Um, George, you did good, kid. Uh, you plugged it out. You... you, you, you you went out, you went for it, and you did it, and you changed the world. You did more than most anyone ever will. And while you're not a household name, your legacy, every, what you have done has become a household name. If the Simpsons make fun of it or have, a sp have an episode about it, then you've made it. All right, and that was Ben, who I think more... Um Succinctly and eloquently than we have <laughs> has put it best. Right. You know? Creep show was cute. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we had a little more to say about it, but yeah, you know. not that much. Um thank you, Ben, for taking the time to to do that. Um uh, in nineteen eighty eight he gave us monkey shines. I know I've seen this movie. Um, it's also one, I believe we, I think we talked about this one on our VHS <clears> covers <throat> episode. Yeah, I think so. Because um, that was a creepy fucking cover. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yes, yeah. it is. Um, yeah, I remember lots of parts of this movie, but it hasn't really stuck with me like, like some of the others have. Yeah, I would say the same. It It is a terrifying movie, but... It's much for some reason it's much easier to get over the fear of a monkey. Yeah. Being the villain. Yeah. You know. I mean the the, the whole thing is this guy is like a quadriplegic and he has a helper monkey. Right. And the helper monkey goes fucking nuts. Yeah. And uh and it works as a movie. Like uh Isn't there some like weird psychic link that kinda of develops between I believe them, so, or, yeah. yeah. Um that's another one that I wouldn't mind going back and rewatching. I know Screen Factory put it out not too long ago. Um, I am not prepared. <laughs> uh, in 1990, he um joined forces once again with uh Dario Argento mm. uh, to bring us two evil eyes. Uh, he did. There's two stories. He did one of them, and uh, 
Mr. Argento did the other. Um, uh, both stories were based on uh, Edgar Allan Poe stories. Mm. Um, the facts in the case of Mr. Valdemar and uh, the Black Cat. I believe Dario did the Black Cat. And George did um, the facts in the case of Mr. Valdemar. It's a very Italian feeling film, even for George Romero. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was probably all shot in Italy. Adrian Barbeau is in it. Mm. Harvey Keitel is in it. That's right. <laughs> it's a really good movie. Yeah. Um, both parts. Um, but it's always been kind of downplayed or not really talked about that much. Um which I think is also kind of a like a <sighs> incest. Uh, no, I think it's it's Hats. like a um, <laughs> like a undeserved thing. Like George Romero made a lot of movies that didn't have zombies in them right. that were really good. Yeah, and while I understand his like lasting legacy being zombies, sure, and, and that I feel like. A lot of people dismiss a lot of good work that he did, yeah, just because they're like, "Oh, it's not uh, of the dead, right?" Eh, yeah. And uh, a good example of that is in 1993, The Dark Half. Oh yeah, I love this. This is probably my favorite non-zombie Romero film. It. Uh, I recently rewatched it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, probably about a year ago. I think you let me borrow it. Yeah. Um, it holds up better than you would expect. Yes. Um, Timothy Hutton is a lot better than you would right? expect. Especially when you hear, like, who they wanted. Uh, Gary Oldman, right? Uh, at one point, Gary Oldman. At one point, Willem Dafoe. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Hutton holds his own. I mean, yeah. even in, in the, in, with those names yeah. involved, like, especially when he's... Um, the doppelganger. I yeah, I think he's better when he's the doppelganger. Yeah. You would. It's a better performance. <laughs> oh, the sparrows. Um also in that film is Michael Rooker. That's right. As the sheriff. Um Michael Rooker as a good guy. Right. If you want to see that. That didn't happen often back no. then. But he was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know why I got so excited about that, but he was. He sure was. Um, but yeah, it's a, um, very much inspired by Stephen King. I don't know if King had something to do with it. Did he? Did he write it? Well, he wrote the novel that's based off of. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I don't know if he was involved in the production of the movie or not. Right. But I mean, that's, that's definitely like a Stephen King, Richard Bachman. Yeah. Like parallel for sure, uh, where Timothy Hutton plays an author who um, wrote under a pseudonym, like these gritty street novels, <laughs> yeah. and uh, like pulp noir. Yeah, he's wanting to put it behind him and write, you know, be a respectable stupid author. fucking novels <laughs> as his as himself. So like his publicity person is like, oh, well, let's have an actual funeral for George Stark, which is right. the guy that he the pseudonym and. They do like a photo shoot at the tombstone and all this stuff, and then it turns out that George Stark is happening, right? And he's pissed yeah. that he's been killed off, and yeah. 
yeah, it's it's really wonderful. A really, really good movie. I think the first time I saw that, I didn't know it was George Romero either. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily come across as like a classical Romero-styled movie. Nope. <laughs> but these are movies that I think people really need to give a second chance to and take a second look at. Yeah. Um... In 2000, he gave us a movie, uh, this is straight to video, sadly, Yeah. Um, called Bruiser. I didn't realize it was that recent. Uh, yeah, 2000. Uh, you've seen Bruiser, right? I have. Uh, actually, this may be a bit of a controversial statement, but uh, I feel like this may be my favorite non-zombie Romero film. Okay. No, I'm, I mean, it's probably my second favorite. Yeah. Um, God damn, what a weird movie. Yeah. And... I didn't, like, before seeing this movie, I didn't think that I would ever see a film where um, that guy is the main character. I can't think of his name. Oh, Jason Fleming? Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare's balls. (laughs) Yes. That's a thing that you see. Uh, The Misfits are in this movie. They sure are. Scream was written for this movie. If you're a fan of that uh, track off of Famous Monsters. Yeah. Guess what? It was written for this George Romero movie. And George directed the video. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. All right. Uh, We've also got Tom Atkins in this movie. Yep. Uh, And his uh, mustache. I can't remember if he was mustachioed in this or not. I gotta think so. The Fog is the only movie I can think of him without a mustache. I just always <laughs> assume he has a mustache. But yeah, Bruiser is this... I wish there was more about it. Like, unfortunately, it's never been on Blu-ray. Yeah. It's barely on DVD. Yeah. There may be a trailer on it. Yeah. I don't think there's even commentary. I don't think so. There may be. I don't know. But uh, this is a movie that I want to know more about. Yeah. Um, Jason Fleming plays pretty much just like this nebbish cuck hole essentially <laughs> uh not in the way that politics is using the right. word cut but in the old-fashioned my f- wife fucks other people away <laughs> um and he is at the end of his fucking rope he's about to snap he's just uh, looked over his entire life yeah and just does his best and it just always falls short it's like office space but <laughs> <laughs> yeah well he wakes up one morning to a completely blank white face yeah with two little holes where the eyes would be and that's it that's it he tries to rip it off. It's not a mask. It's his face. Right. And then he starts living out all of this, like, uh, pent-up dark, like dark energy. Yeah. Um, and it's fucking amazing. It's a really good fucking movie. Yeah. Um, sorry for yelling. <laughs> <laughs> you fuckers don't understand. But please go check out Bruiser. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I'm sure you can find the DVD pretty cheap on yeah. Amazon. Um then in 2005, uh, we heard Ben talk about it a bit. Uh, he gave us Land of the Dead, which I do feel was, but should have been more of his big comeback. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was a, a, a rather big budgeted film for a studio, and it carried on... Um, you know, his of the dead films. Yeah. It was a hell of a cast. Like yeah. interesting cast. And in yeah. Dennis Hopper. Yeah. John Leguizamo. <laughs> Dennis Hopper. <laughs> Aja Argento. Yeah. Yeah. The future former Mrs. Yates. That's right. 
currently the Mrs. Bourdain. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> That's not going to last. Um, and who will be there with a shoulder to cry on? <laughs> Look, she's never tried my grilled cheese sandwich, all right? That's, that's true. Bourdain may have foie gras, but I got Kraft singles and toast. Um, no, but Land of the Dead, it's it's kind of like the uh, the epic that you always felt George was heading toward. Yeah. Uh, like, in scope, it's enormous. Yeah. Um, it's post-zombie post apocalyptic. Yeah. Uh, there's one small part of the world called Fiddler's Green uh, that is unaffected. They Which is a really cool name. Up. It is, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Nero. Yeah. Um, <laughs> George, uh, George Romero. Um, Dennis Hopper is the president. Um, and, yeah, Fiddler's Green is this place where, like, if you reach a certain level of wealth, you can live without having to worry about the utter fucking slums of crime and zombie that the outside world has become. Yeah. Um, and we follow the, you know, the main guys trying to save up enough. Yeah. I think to finally get into Fiddler's Green. There's betrayal and sex and uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Or not Nick Frost. Edgar Wright. Uh, Edgar Wright. Yeah. Um, it's a really good movie. I think I unfairly judged it for a while. Yeah. I don't know what I... I don't know why. Yeah. I don't like John Leguizamo. I have a hard time getting over yeah. that. Um, Robert Joy is in this movie. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, who's the main guy? I can't remember that actor's name. I can never remember his name either, but he is a very pretty man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God. I'll find out. That's fine. Tom Timerson. Yes. Tim Thomerson's Sh- doppelganger. You know who it should have been? Fucking Thomas Dave Jane. Thomas, founder of Wendy. Oh. God damn it. Who? Uh, Thomas Jane. Oh, I thought you were saying Thomas Hayden Church. I was going <laughs> to agree with either one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, lol. Uh, uh, but yeah, in scope, I think this is the largest undertaking George ever took. Yeah, uh, and he and he fucking nailed it, Simon um, Baker. Simon Baker. Uh, and going back and rewatching it recently, I I realized that I unfairly judged it, and I and I couldn't pick out why. <clears throat> yeah. Other than John Leguizamo, and there's no <laughs> way that my hatred of John Leguizamo would trump. Hey man, <laughs> the freak was great. Oh my god! You gonna bring up Spawn yeah, next? Yeah. Jesus Best Christ! Best part of that movie. All right, yeah, here's a puddle of mud song that uh, fucking Ian wants everybody to listen to. <laughs> Be sure you're sitting on something pointy because yeah. there should be no comfort. <laughs> um, yeah, Land of the Dead's great. Scream Factory is recently is uh, releasing a, a new special edition of it that I think has a new cut. Oh, nice. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I think I remember reading the features and like yeah. kind of going, yeah, that was on the original release. Yeah, that was on the original. Oh. Yeah. A new cut? What? I think. The cover art's pretty killer, too. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, it's no Joel Robinson. That and, but, uh, uh, no, what is? Uh, that and the Dawn remake they're yeah. putting out at the same time, yeah. I believe. Um, so, yeah, Land of the Dead. Really good. Solid film. Yeah. 
then in 2007, he gave us... Um, this is high up for me Yeah, uh, of his flicks, and a lot of people disagree with me. Um, Diary of the Dead. Now, I, I'm going to go ahead and Don't put tell out there. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen Diary or Survival. Yeah, you knew this. Don't you? Flick I kept your rescheduling angrily. the recording of this so you would have time to watch. No, them. you didn't. That's exactly why. No, it is not. Look, let's not fight in front of the kids. Right? Well, I guess it's all me now. Ian, thanks for coming by. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and fuck off. Uh, Diary of the <clears throat> Diary of the Dead is the man who created the modern zombie doing it again and saying, okay, you got your Resident Evils, you got all your fucking bullshit zombies. Guess what? I'm going to restart the whole fucking thing. Yeah. So it takes place in a world in 2007 where the zombies, (laughs) the zombies in 68 didn't exist. Yeah. Day, uh, dawn and day and land never happened. It's not people. This is what bothers me. People, a lot of people don't realize this. It is not a continuation of George Romero's zombie lore. Yeah. Because that wouldn't make sense. No, it's a restarting. So the, the, the beginning, this is, this is night of the living dead. Yeah. Um, updated to 2007 and, and using cell phones and computers and all that shit. And it's found footage, and a lot of people poo-poo that right away. Yeah. And that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Timber. Um, and it's good. There yeah. are no stars. It's all people that you got to get to know Yeah, uh, as you watch it. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are some voice talents that are cool that are hidden throughout. Tarantino does a voice. Nice. Um, uh, Guillermo does a voice. Um, sure, he's not hard to pick out. Stephen King, may I think, does a voice. A few, nice. There's like, yeah, it's really, really, really great. Really, really great. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Did you just turn into Tarantino? <laughs> I wish. I wonder if Quentin Tarantino's ever gone as Unknown Henson for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking should, <laughs> right? Um, oh, but yeah, man. open. Just go back to uh, Diary and watch it with fresh eyes. And maybe it'll be like land was for me. Yeah. To you. It is. It's so ballsy. Yeah. Uh, and like repositions his maverick status for me that he's, <laughs> he goes, okay, you know what? You guys like these movies that, uh, that are just shot on and, you know, the Blair witches and all that shit. Uh, you like that now? Okay. Oh, you think you know what zombies are? Why are those running? Right. Now, hold on a second. Wait for Daddy Romero to flop his dick on the table. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And he said, okay, maybe some of you forgot night. Let me show you again how all this fucking goes. That's a big fucking legend maverick move. Yeah. And I think too many people didn't respect that. Did that have Did it have a theatrical release? It did. Okay. It did. In fact, they had a contest. They sure did. <laughs> uh, short film contest that is um, the bulk of the short films that we the, <laughs> the, the, the Weirdo Church has done. Uh, Church of the Holy Weirdo. Uh, the first official short film that we did was The Devil You Know. Nice. Um, 
that was when Ben and I met, and I realized that they were doing short films, and I had all these like half-written scripts and shit, but never had any of the equipment, and they had all the equipment and and more talent, and uh, both in front of and behind the camera. So uh, I said, "Hey, let's do this thing." Yeah. Or would you guys help out with this thing? And they did. So then the Diary of the Dead contest happened, and we were like, "Why?" I mean, we're making short films. Let's fucking do it. We love George Romero. Um, Yeah. And and we brainstormed for a bit, and I think I said, uh, well, why don't we just do a fucking short film about a couple assholes making a short film for the George Romero contest? Like, it's meta. The movie is meta. It's found footage, found footage. Like, it'll all work in, Yeah, you know, and uh, we'll plant some little, like, tidbits just for George, like about um, Tales of Hoffman. Yeah. And... uh, naming it uh, Crazy Zombie King and <laughs> being questioned and then going, oh, George Romero will love that title. Right. Uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Honestly, even I'd try to look at it as, as though I wasn't a part of it. I right. feel like we should have gotten a lot further than we did in that contest. Yeah. Given the um, originality of the idea that we had. That may have been the first of your all short films that I saw. Nice. Yeah. We ended up doing five Four? Four or five, yeah. Yeah. So once we didn't win, we were like, well, fuck this. This is funny. Let's just continue it. Right. So we did for quite a while. So when you sent it in, was it just part one? It was just part one, yeah. Gotcha. It ended with the zombies with uh, AJ lumbering toward the camera and right. coming out of the woods. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And that was it. That was it for the uh, entry. I guess now is as good a time to tell you the story of the convention circuit Romero that I knew. Um, gather around. <laughs> um, Huddle up, kitties. George, the second second or third convention I ever went to, George Romero was the big c- celebrity. And I could not wait. Yeah. And I met him, and he was super nice, and I was super quiet. <laughs> and, like, he was trying to pry, where are you from? Right, and I told him he's like, "Oh, Falwell, he like shit, <laughs> like he was very great. cool." And, but I was like, very green at the concert, and just like I'm sitting next to George Romero. Right. Oh my god. Oh my god. Thank you. Turn into Chris Farley. <laughs> I, like, I love zombies. <laughs> remember when uh, you made that zombie movie? Remember when you made that's, that's pretty cool. Remember when you made Bruiser? Ah, deep cut. Yeah. That's how you get in. <laughs> now I know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I came home and I cursed it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> if I ever meet George Romero, because at this point he was the filmmaking god that he was to me, that he is now. Right. And uh, yeah, it was the first meeting was very quick. I had, I had uh, bleached platinum blonde hair. <laughs> it was a nightmare. <laughs> Everything about it was a nightmare. Got them frosted tips. <laughs> yeah, so I was just like at home and I was like, I'm never letting that happen again. If I ever get to meet George Romero again, I'm going to do it right. Yeah. So several years went by and and I saw that he was going to be at, I think it was still horrifying at the time, in Baltimore. Where Ben and Justin and Walt and I yeah, had started going every year. So I, I, and I remembered the last time and I was like, I'm doing this right. Yeah. <laughs> so... I remember watching the Criterion Collection release of Tales of Hoffman, this 
Powell and Pressburger film that's very strange. And <laughs> it would it, I would never have guessed it in a million years to be as important to George as it was. Right. But Criterion Collection got him to do an intro to it. And it's this wonderful shit. like 10 or 15 minute thing where he's talking about being a kid and, and how important the movie was to him and how it made him want to start making movies. And there was only one copy of it because you had to rent it. Back then you had to rent films. Right. And uh, there was only one copy at the New York Library or whatever. And every time it was out, it was the same guy. <laughs> and he found out years later it was Martin Scorsese. No shit. So the only two people <laughs> ever renting this out were George Romero and Martin Scorsese. That's amazing. So I tracked down this reprint of the original movie poster for Tales of Hoffman. Yeah. A huge uh, movie poster size, 32 by 20 four or whatever it Sounds is. Sounds about right. Um, and I was like, I'm giving him this. And that year we put together these really intricate and well done um, Church of the Holy Weirdo like uh, packets right? to give people. We made up all these little laminated like, member badges. Like press packets? Yeah. Yeah. We made up these laminated badges with our artwork and said, you know, like member Oh, nice. We all had ones that said founder, but all the ones in the packets said, you know, member of the congregation. Nice. And uh, we made lobby cards for all the short films that we had. Each one had like four or five different actual like lobby cards that we had designed. Jesus. Uh, there was a Church of the Holy Weirdo poster, uh, a welcoming letter from me, and uh, the DVD of our short films, yeah. which also had special features of like audio commentary, outtakes. <laughs> like we really fucking put a lot into it. Yeah, and we made like two hundred of these, Jesus. Uh, all put together by hand. If anybody has one now, let me know. I would love to. <laughs> I'd love to get one back. Actually, to be honest with you, right? Um, but no. So I gave him one of those. And you can, I'm not going to play the audio or anything. A lot of people are probably like, oh, well, he's going to play that fucking <laughs> clip and it's not going to make any sense. Because it, it won't make any sense unless you're watching it. Right. But if you go to the Church of the Holy Weirdo YouTube channel, which is Weirdo Church, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Um, somewhere in the videos there you'll find The Church Meets Romero Yeah, is the title of it. And it's the documentation of me getting the chance to do it right the second time. <laughs> and... uh I, I can't watch it without crying now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he didn't remember me or anything from years earlier, of course. Why would he? <clears throat> I was just some fat blonde kid <laughs> who couldn't talk. So I got up there and um, we started talking about Bruiser. I think I started out with like, he had all these like uh, 11 by 17 posters of all of his movies, but there wasn't one of Bruiser. Yeah. And I said, do you guys not did the, and he goes, there was never one made. No one ever made a poster for Bruiser. No shit. And I went right into, I brought a gift for you. And I handed him the poster tube, and he goes, you have a poster for Bruiser? <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not what this is. This is again. And he's like, this is for me. Like, he's, he's the fucking cool grandpa <laughs> uh, who's a genius. And uh, like I said, you can watch all this. I won't go through it play by play, but... He unrolls the poster, and there's a genuinely touched moment where he, like, kind of chokes back a little bit. And he's, yeah. he's genuinely touched by receiving this gift. And I, and I think anybody that wants to, I don't want to say get to know George Romero, or, like, anybody that wants to see a very human moment yeah. of this 
giant. Right, like a snapshot of yeah. who he was. Yeah. Um, I urge you to watch that video, not just because I'm like, I met George Romero and right. here's the proof. But, like, there's this genuine moment of, like, wow. Yeah. Like, somebody took the time to think this highly of me. Right. To go through trouble to get this and pay for it and bring it here. And, you know, right. And it's all conveyed and it's wonderful and, he's, and he just keeps going on and on and he's just the nicest fucking guy. And I give him the movies <laughs> and uh, I, I doubt he ever watched them. He, yeah. he asked for my email address and then never emailed me. <laughs> I do love the uh, follow-up short film. Oh, we did do a follow-up <laughs> short film called like follow-up to the church meets Romero or something. We did it. We did it. Maybe two months after that meeting. Yeah. But we said it was a year later. Right. <laughs> um, as a joke about how, like, as soon as we left for meeting George, I started checking my email. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I can't blame you for that. <laughs> no. And then, uh, you know, we get, but we got back home and we started thinking about other short films to do and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'd come to the consensus that, like, I'm not going to hear from George. Right. We all kind of decided that what happened is his handler like manager guy yeah um had just thrown away the paper that had my email on it uh-huh. um who his, his name's chris rowe he's a really super nice guy right i don't mean that he was trying to like sabotage me or anything but yeah the, the follow-up is funny but then there's a follow-up to that in that um maybe two or three years later um oh well later that night we run into chris uh george's manager yeah and uh, he'd had a couple drinks, and he darts right over. Now, I didn't meet him earlier with with George. I just knew saw him there right? and knew who he was. And he comes darting over and, like, gathers everyone around and is like, this is the guy that made George Romero's day. <laughs> like, and just keeps going on about it, and he's yeah. so nice. And he, he said that when they went back up to the room... George like unfolded the poster and laid it out on the bed. I was like looking at it wistfully. <laughs> I was like, "This is awesome." So then I, I never heard anything from it. And then uh, a few years later, I ran into Chris Rowe yeah. at the bar at another convention, and uh, didn't didn't think he would recognize me or remember me or anything. And was planning on approaching him when he came up to me. Yeah, I was like. You, <laughs> Tales of Hoffman, and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so then I talked to him a bit about it, and I said, "You know, George never emailed me. I mean, I'm not bummed or anything, but I said, you know, I, I'm really curious what happened to the poster." Yeah. And according to Chris, George had it framed and put it above his fireplace. Yeah. And like in his living room or whatever. Like, that's so fucking <laughs> awesome to me. Yeah. So yeah, that's my brush with greatness of George Romero, um, and it was awesome. And uh, yeah, watch uh, Crazy Zombie King one through whatever. Yeah, I think we did five because I believe on the fifth one we did a documentary. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> um, we need to start making movies again. Anyway, <laughs> um, sorry if that was boring to anyone. Uh, and then the final film that he put out in 2009, most people didn't really care for it that much, Survival yeah. of the Dead. Um, I think I think Survival of the Dead was George saying, 
of course, this is just my interpretation. He always wanted to make a Western. He now knew that he was never going to get the green light to make a Western. Right. So he made a Western disguised as a zombie movie. Mm. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah. The, the cinematography is amazing. Um, it's lacking some stuff that you want or that you expect. Right. Um, and like I said, it's like a John Ford's like the quiet man type of, um, I believe it takes place in Ireland and uh, I'm pretty sure, um, what's his name from the void, the mad doctor, God damn it. who was also in twin peaks right now. Monstro is screaming his name, right? <laughs> Kenneth Walsh. Yes. Yeah. I believe he's in it. Now, what's the plot of survival? Um, people are out on like this big, I believe it's like a big island. Maybe it may not be an island. I, I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, I mean, Ireland's an island. It's fine. <laughs> okay, then yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, but it's like these two farms are like the main thing uh-huh. that I remember. Okay. And it's very much a Western um, that has zombies in it. From what I recall, I should have, uh, I kept putting this off to give myself <laughs> time to rewatch it. Oh. I did rewatch Diary. That's the problem, I think. Yeah. Uh, or not the problem, but why didn't I do a double feature? Yeah. Why, God? When's going to be my time? Uh, <laughs> um, so that's George's uh, filmography, the, the, the big points, anyway. Yeah. From us. Um, I think we'll do one more thing here. Um, And just play straight out. I think this was probably around the time of survival. There's a ton of great stuff on YouTube with with George Romero, like interviews and stuff like that. And I could have just spent this whole podcast just playing one after the other. Yeah. Um, if you love his movies, if you just got interested listening to this somehow, um, I urge you to learn about George Romero, the guy, uh, yeah. the man. Like watch documentaries and YouTube videos about him, and you'll garner an appreciation that you may not have thought that you would have for a guy that makes movies like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna play this. It's um, it's about five minutes long. It's um, the British Film Institute did a series called "Ask a Filmmaker," uh, and they did one one with George. So I thought maybe that would be a nice, not too lengthy um, sampling of of who George was. Yeah. So enjoy. I think the idea that we, the knowledge that we have that we are mortal, that we're going to die, that's got to be the answer to that. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I just realized that they don't say the questions on this. (laughs) 
Um, they just have them written on the screen. So I guess I'll, I'll tell you what the question is and then you'll hear his answer. Uh, what real world world phenomena is most similar to the persistence of a zombie slowly chasing you? I think the idea that we, the knowledge that we have that we are mortal and that we're going to die, that's got to be the answer to that. Uh, what do you think is more important in horror, atmosphere or gore? Mm. These are not my uh, questions. Neither. <laughs> I think that, the, first of all, you have to have a story to tell. You have to have some sort of a thought or an idea. I don't think it's about characters. I don't think it's uh, about, it's certainly not about gore. I mean, I, I, I use gore frequently, sort of the way Altman used it in M.A.S.H., where you're laughing all the way through the film, except for the occasional scene in the operating theater where it just becomes very grisly all of a sudden. It's a slap in the face, sort of. Would you find the prospect of directing a rom-com scary? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love romantic comedies if they're good. I think I'd like it. I would love a chance to do one, so I don't, wouldn't be scary at all. I'd rush to it. Which direction do you see the zombie genre heading in the next few years? Do you feel there are still new zombie tales? I don't know where zombies told? are going in the next couple of years. I sure hope that they're not heading for the $200 million budget mark or trying to break that ceiling. Because um, I think basically they lend themselves too much to a much smaller, more intimate um, uh, situations. Uh, so I don't know where they're going. But first, you need a story. So... Uh, I don't, you know, you can make zombie films out of out your ears. Uh, I go to these horror conventions and people hand me little films that they've made uh -oh. privately, <laughs> and they're all zombie films. And so my advice to many of these filmmakers is, don't make a zombie film, uh, because basically they are just blood and gore. And he I never told me easy, that. <laughs> they're easy to do. Easy the effects are easy, but very often these films have no basic core idea no soul no underlying story that makes that makes it worthwhile telling is your what's your favorite horror film all time uh is your favorite horror film of all time horror no. is your favorite uh, film favorite of all time film horror? of all time is a, a film called the tales of hoffman oh there it is by michael powell uh the, the archers i guess uh, technically but uh, it's just the film that I always go back to to reconfirm <laughs> the fact that I really want to make movies. Uh, and it's the film that made me want to make movies. So, Have you ever been truly frightened by your own films or creations? No. I, it's funny. You, you become immune. Uh, so I, I, I don't... I don't get afraid anymore. I think the last time I was actually felt a fear sensation it was I was 12 or 14 and saw the thing from another world. Uh, and uh, that was the last time, I think. It was right around that same time, actually, I saw um, Michael Powell's uh, Tales of Hoffman. And it's a fantasy film. And it, you could see he didn't have a big budget either for that. It was a, it was a labor of love. And uh, 
uh, I, you could see what he was doing, how he was doing the effects, reversing the film and double exposing film. And, and um, it made me realize that uh, how it, I, I was very aware of the techniques that he was using. And from that point on, all I've been able to see in horror uh, or uh, in, in any film is the technique that, went, that, that drove it. Slow shuffling zombies are super fast zombies. Which is best? <laughs> well, I think I've long been on record saying that slow zombies are the only zombies. <laughs> if uh, people, those uh, fast-moving zombies like in World War Z, forget it. it. It's physically impossible. And that was George Romero. I feel like a fucking charlatan. I, I did not interview George Romero. None of those <laughs> questions were mine. I was just reading them for the benefit of the listener. I'm not trying to pass that off as the time I interviewed George Romero. I would have had much better questions. Oh, thanks for the uh, for the disclaimer there. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. I need that to be known that that's not what just happened. <sighs> you said that you had read something about uh, George's n- newest partner uh, vowing to go on with yeah. some scripts, right? Yeah, I, they, they were they were in pre-production of Road of the Dead, right? Yeah, Was I believe Road? so. Yeah, um, and I don't, I can't remember the guy's name, but it's someone who had collaborated with him quite mm-hmm. a bit throughout his career, and. Um, and he basically said, you know, we're still going to make Road, and he has multiple um, finished scripts. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try my damnedest to bring to light. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, if he needs somebody to direct. I'm here. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we've got about 90 minutes. Uh, I hope this wasn't too much of a drag for anybody. Um, we were hoping to make it a little more of a celebration of the legacy of Romero and less a uh, weepy, sad, uh, <laughs> downer of an episode. Yeah. I hope maybe if, if you didn't know too much about George, maybe you liked a few, you know, I love Dawn of the Dead. That's about all I know. Right. Hopefully maybe we uh, gave you a little info and scratched the surface and you'll delve deeper into uh, George's work. And watch fucking Bruiser. <laughs> yeah, and, and give some of those non-zombie flicks a, a second day in court. Because uh, I think that you may surprise yourself. What do you think? I'd agree Ian? with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty fucking high. <sighs> um, <laughs> sorry, I'm <laughs> trying to get things settled here for the... Uh, for the wrap up uh, big thanks to Pseudo Ludo yeah um, of course they seem to be Pam and Monstro seem to be the two people that uh, through each other we learn about these deaths which yeah. is comforting <laughs> yeah. and sad I'm, I'm glad that it's those guys because it's usually two or three in the morning yeah and we're the only <laughs> people that we know <laughs> that are up um, so yeah, uh, support them, of course. Um, pseudoludo.bigcartel.com. That's right. 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, they've got some amazing stuff. Pens and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you won't be. Uh, sounds like that, that wasn't a very good plug. <laughs> I didn't. Sorry, I didn't feel like we should plug in this episode. But then I was like, well, th- it's not just a plug. Like these are two people that we're connected to. Right. Like, yeah. Horror bond, you know. Um, but you really won't be disappointed with anything you order from no, them. They go absolutely not. They go far above and beyond. I, I'm, uh, a, I'm a little bummed. Expect. I didn't get that glow in the dark pinhead. Did they sell out? Yeah. Ah, you guys got to get in there early. Yeah. Got to get in there early. <laughs> early. So, yeah, October's coming up. I urge everyone to put together uh, a nice little George Romero night. Mm. Um, do the dead films if you want. Yeah. Um, bonus points if you do like <laughs> a uh, Night Riders creep show, uh, Dark Half. Uh, bruiser marathon yeah maybe throw, points. throw martin in there maybe <laughs> i'll be i'll be watching martin um and i'll get back to everybody on that like i said i hope it finds me this time yeah um so what what um the same thing i asked ben at the end if you could send an ethereal message to uh to George Romero, um, what would you? I'm trying to think of. The, I have two questions. Okay. That we're both going to answer. Okay. And I'm trying to think of the best one to end on. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Robbie. <laughs> um, this is the shit that killed Lincoln. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we're smoking my, the shit that killed Lincoln. Am I about to get shot in the head? <laughs> they call this uh, John Wilk goof. <laughs> Pretty proud of yourself for that one, aren't you? That was just off the top of the head. Um, yeah, they call this weed John Wilk's goof. No, it, it, was, it was okay the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, let's go with that one. If you could send an ethereal message to George wherever he is right now, what would you want him to know from you? Uh, basically just that that I love have a lot of love for pretty much everything he's done and I hope he realizes how impactful his work has been uh both to you know dumb stoner horror fans like us and just to to filmmaking in general to you know to the genre and beyond like how like how much he paved the way you know and i i feel like he had to have known like to some degree at least but i i I really hope he did because he deserved to have that in the back of his mind i feel like yeah um I would probably just say ditto because I'd probably yeah. go after you. Right. And I'd just say, yep, yeah. what he said. Uh, no, I'd actually probably say a little more eloquently what I was sort of trying to get past or get out um, <laughs> when the uh, Rocky Erickson podcast took that strange emo <laughs> turn in the hotel room. Right. Of, uh, look, there, there are 
a lot of people like me out there um, who these movies <laughs> are like family. Yeah. And um, I just want him to know that he was a, a huge part of that Yeah, for me. Not just his films, but then after getting to meet him, like, as a person. Right. Like, everything he did in the genre and uh, being uh, so nice to a fat little horror kid. <laughs> um, it, it was really like losing family. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, he left a nice chunk of work behind. Yeah. Uh, that we can always go revisit, and we always will. Mm. Uh, legends never truly die. Um, and just thanks. Yeah. I guess. The big thing is thank you. Like, seriously, thank you. Not, yeah. <laughs> not because you're gone, but like, yeah. You know, you're more important uh, than I think you probably would have ever known. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? What do you think George Romero's legacy is? Like, what film was his legacy, or like what, like his impact? Like, what, what do you think George Romero's legacy is? <laughs> no, like, what, what do you think it was brought <clears throat> to the world and cinema, um, solely by George Romero? That is something that's going to live on forever. Well, I think um I think a big part of what he did was validating the genre as real film, real art. See what you did? God damn it. Starting to get deep and things got to fuck up. Um but yeah, just like he was a, he was a big part of making people realize that you know, uh, horror movies aren't just, you know, dumb teenagers showing their tits and and uh, splashes of blood. You know, <clears throat> you could tell a real story and and get a real message out there yeah. through these movies. <clears throat> yeah, I'd have to say zombies. Yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> worst answer to that question. Peter Stormare's balls. <laughs> I would say he probably validated. Yeah. The genre, yeah, of what else did you say? Well, well put. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, I think it's obvious what George Romero's legacy is, and it's everything that you just talked about. It's everything yeah. that, that anyone uh, knowledgeable on the fact would say. Um, look at horror cinema, yeah. and you see George Romero's footprint somewhere. Yeah, in in everything that comes out. Uh, whether it's uh, Hitchcockian Dutch angles or uh, that that uh, Ramey went on to use, yeah, uh, and so many people beyond that. But I mean, things that have become staples, zombies is definitely one of them. Sure, I, mean, I think Ben uh, hit the nail on the head where he said we, you know, the highest grossing television series in history wouldn't exist without George Romero, whether yeah. I like it or not. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. He's one of those guys, like we'll talk about with Toby next week, that left their imprint on an entire genre yeah. and an entire um, 
generation after generation of filmmaker who came in that genre. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's undeniable the the legacy that George Maris left behind. I guess that's gonna do it for us. Um I don't wanna bring anybody down anymore. There's gonna be a little PS after the uh we're gonna have the Sprites play us out with uh their song George Romero, which has been one of my favorites for a very long time. You've heard it on the show before. But you'll be happy to hear it again now. Yeah. And it's an uplifting song, so we'll be <laughs> closing the night with an uplifting song. Then there'll be a little PS at the end. Uh, if you want to stick around and listen to it, spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, I guess that's going to just about do it for us, though. Um, join the Facebook group, uh, We Belong Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram, We Belong Dead Pod. Yep. Um, if you want to send us an email, uh, after the Toby Hooper memorial episode, we will be hopefully going back to normally scheduled <laughs> programming of no sadness, just goofs, uh, just uh, John Wilkes goof. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, st- uh, stupid us as usual, and we're going to be bringing back a lot of stuff. So if you guys have uh, like um, recasts, movies that you would want to hear us recast, if you yeah. have some verses for us, if you have some fuck Mary kills for us, I've done fuck Mary kill in a while. If you, you have um, if you have anything you want to hear us talk about or your opinion on something, and you want us to see what we think about the same thing, we belong dead pod at gmail dot com. Please email us. Uh, yeah. We and we uh, encourage and beg for it. Um, give us content. Uh, it is only twenty five percent the you listening is the twenty five percent of the reason that we do this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, fan mail, hate mail, whatever. G- uh, we belong dead pod at gmail dot com. Uh, join the Facebook group. We belong dead pod on Instagram. Uh, my personal Instagram is. Uh, Lono Mojo, mm-hmm. uh, Ian's is IMM1987. Uh, hit us up on there. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, send us in some directions that maybe we don't know about. Is that it? Do we have anything else? I think that's it. All right. Well, I guess that means it's time for one last thing. Let's uh, go ahead and raise a glass to the old world of filmmaking gods and shuffling monsters.
souls hunt the living, the living whose bodies are the only food for these ungodly creatures. Night of the living dead. A bizarre adventure in fear. An experience in shock, more shattering than your strangest nightmare. Night of the living dead. A night with the dead who cannot die. A night of total terror. Night of the living dead. To have sterile conditions. Half the work we do goes down the toilet due to contamination. You'll work with what you got, Fisher. But it's madness. Can't you understand? I understand this. You and your playmates? You're running out of friends fast around here. Look. Major Cooper promised Major that Major Cooper is dead. I'm in command now. And I'm telling you that you work with what you got. And you better start showing me some results. Or you won't have that very much longer. How can we show you results when we don't have the proper working conditions? We're in a desperate situation here. We need each other. Can't we just get you along? You need us the way I see it, lady. I'm not so sure we need you at all. Fucking A. I'm not even sure just what the hell it is you're doing in there. Just what the hell it is my men are risking their asses for. I can't spare him. Well, maybe I should cut off his extracurricular activities. Maybe you're keeping him too busy at night. Maybe I should put him in quarantine. How about it, Steele? That might not be a bad idea. Give some of the rest of us a shot at some loving. Call in a meeting for 7 o'clock tonight. I want everybody present. Everybody, lady. 
including Dr. Frankenstein and including your boyfriend. I... Look here, woman. I'm short on manpower. I won't have you going around doping up any of my men without orders from me. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Fuck you, sir. You want me to salute that pile of walking pus? Salute my ass. What are we supposed to do? Teach him tricks? What the fuck is wrong with you people? They're dead! They're fucking dead, and you want to teach them tricks? I don't want them to do anything but drop over! Is this your progress? Is this the shit that's supposed to knock our socks off? No, we ain't finished here, lady. Sit down. What else do you want? We've given you the reports for this week. We've given you You've everything you've asked You've given us a mouthful of Greek salad. Formulas? Equations, a lot of fancy terms that don't mean a thing. I want to know if you're doing something that's going to help us out of this deep shit we're in. Or if you're all in there just jerking each other off. <laughs> I said we ain't finished here, lady. Sit down. Sit down or so help me God, I'll have you shot. I said, I'll have you shot. No, man. I just told you I was willing to kill you if you didn't get back in your chair. You didn't get back in your chair. Since I took over, Steele, shoot that woman. <laughs> shoot that woman or you were dead. You think I'm fucking around, Steele? You're wrong. Now you got till a count of five and that's two you wasted. That's three. Four. That's five, Steve. Anybody else have any questions about the way things are gonna run around here from now on? This ain't a goddamn field trip, people. This is a fucking war! I'm not down in this cave for my health. I'm down here on orders. Who's being subjected to what, Fisher? You've lost one man. Yeah, right. We've lost five. Yeah. Where does it say we gotta keep those dumb fucks next door to where we sleep? Where does it say we should do any one thing but shoot the mothers in the head? You were supposed to be here at seven o'clock sharp, mister. I'm... Listen, egghead, let me bring you up to date Excuse on what's me. been... Let me... Excuse I'm running this monkey farm now, Frankenstein, and I want to know what the fuck you're doing with my time! Because if we're just jerking off here, I'm going to have my men blow the piss out of those precious specimens of yours, yeah, and we're going to get the hell out of here and leave you and your highfalutin asshole friends to rot in this stinking sewer. Is that food enough for you? All right, just shut up. Just shut up. What the hell are you talking about, Frankenstein? What kind of progress? What are you talking about? Make them behave. What does that mean? Are you going to show us something that we can understand? McDermott doesn't have decent radio gear. 
Now you're telling me that you don't have the shit you need? We're running low on ammunition. We're running low on men, for Christ's sake. Well, it can all be taken apart in a matter of minutes, lady. And I'm here to tell you that I'm ready to do that little thing. I'm ready to take the next train out of here. I said shut up! You got a little more time. A little more, I ain't saying how much. But you better start showing me some results and you better not piss me off. You understand? Nothing happens around here without my knowing about it. And anybody fucks with my command, they get court-martialed, they get executed. You better know I mean it too, people. That's bullshit, lady. I've seen a thousand of them. He's gonna die. Unless he gets you first. You may still want to sleep with him. I don't want him inside the complex. That'd be doing him a favor, Steele. You think he wants to walk around after he's dead? You think he wants to be one of those things? Think about it, lady. And think about this, Alia. From now on, you ain't getting shit from me and my men. Tomorrow morning, we're going inside that corral, and we ain't coming out till every one of those rotten piles of garbage has been wasted. Come on, Steve. Given him in there, Frankenstein. What is it, huh? What are you giving him? out here, flyboy. Torres, get his machete. We're getting out of here right now. Give me any shit about it, I'd blow his head off. 
Us all ain't going. Me, my men, you, that's it. Steel, shove them in there. 